Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you. How about that one? User era. Um, listen, so glad to be back with you. Uh, last week I was at a conference in, uh, in South Korea and speaking there, and so it was really great to do that. And, but I will, I will tell you this, there is no place like home. There is no place like home. Missed you guys dearly. <clears throat> really excited as we continue the series on spiritual warfare. And this is, today is such a, um, such a vital topic, actually, in the life of us as believers. What we've established over the last several weeks is that, is that the enemy wants to influence the areas of our life that's a human decision. So we established that these are access points in our life. And though we are saved, we are, we are in Christ, we are with Jesus, the enemy has a strategy to, to come in and influence these areas that we make decisions from. So if he, since he cannot keep you from being saved and he cannot keep you from, um, from being in Christ, what he will do is try to keep you from being effective as a believer and, and actually walk in your authority against his kingdom, building God's kingdom, and he wants to wreak havoc on your life. And how he does this is by influencing these areas of access points, gates in our life. So we, can, we have gates in our life that can keep things in or keep things out. And so we've established that and walked through that. And so we've looked at the mind, we've looked at the heart last week. And today I'm gonna look at something that is, that, that is applicable to every one of us. And that is our mouth. Now, I titled this message, Watch Your Mouth. And since you've always wanted to tell the person sitting next to you to watch their mouth, go ahead and tell them right now. Tell them, watch your mouth. Just tell them, watch your mouth. Our mouth is an area of our life that the enemy wants to influence. Not just our mouth, but the words that come out of our mouth specifically the words that are spoken from our mouth. Most Christians don't understand that this is such a vital, vital piece of our spiritual journey with God. What we speak, what we say about ourselves, about God, about others, what we speak about situations has an immense impact on what the, the outcome is going to be. And we'll look at the scriptures in just a moment. But in our, in our world, we have, you know, we, we have a, a vocabulary of English words. There's, there's 800,000 words somewhere around that in the English language. Out of the 800,000, 300,000 of those are, are words that are specific to uh, a, uh, an area of study. Could be um, something a lawyer would use, a doctor, scientists, or engineers. So they're not common on a normal basis in our language. So the remaining of the 800,000 is 500,000. 500,000 words, but on average, a person within their full vocabulary maybe will have about 10,000 of those 500,000 words. As I was looking up this data, I thought, 
That's sad. I want to actually increase my vocabulary a little bit, but that's okay. We can grow in this. But 10,000 is an average of what we would use in our, in our, in our, in, in our daily words that we would rotate through. But about 5,000 of those words are really more of, a, of, of daily use. Of the 10,000, there are other words that you're going to use every once in a while. So really 5,000 is what we use and the words we speak over maybe a lifetime as we pull from that 5,000. But on a daily basis of those 5,000, we really use, there's, a, there's a, that, the things that we use, use most often, about 800 of those 5,000 words. And the reason why we use 800 of those 5,000 words is because we are people who are habitual. We use the same words over and over and over again to the same people over and over and over again, and we repeat. In other words, there are patterns about our life that dictate that uh, the words that we speak that we use often, and we just rotate them, about 800 words a day. And those words that we speak in our life and from our mouths have an incredible effect on our lives and those that we speak to. And because the enemy understands this and he knows this, he tries to influence the words that come out of our mouth. As I've already said, this area of the words of our mouth is something that a lot of believers don't understand. We think it doesn't matter what I say about things. It doesn't matter what I speak out of my mouth. It doesn't matter what I declare about my situations. And Christians are totally unaware that the words that we speak flow from our thoughts and our emotions. The words that we speak flow from our, from our hearts. They flow from our pain. They flow from our past disappointments. And all of these areas are influences on the, on the decision of what comes out of our mouth. And the enemy tries to leverage these things to influence you. So it could be what you watch, the people that we allow in our lives to be an example of who we want to, to, to model after or we mimic them. It could be friends, it could be moms, it could be dads. The impact of the words out of our mouth, many of us don't understand the fruit of what it bears in our life. That's why we need to be aware. That's the purpose of this series was to expose the strategies of the enemy and for us to shore up and strengthen these access points into our life. And I believe today that God wants to do something great in our church and in your life that we can begin to live the overcoming life that God has called us to live as Christians and the words of our mouth begin to come into alignment with the purposes and the will and the words of God. How many know this, that the words that come out of your mouth can be contrary to God's word and his will, or they can be in agreement with his word and his will? And how many know this, you can choose which words come out of your mouth?
And so that's why we need to be aware. And because we believe in a Holy Spirit that empowers us and gives us gifts to live a supernatural life, that the Holy Spirit can give us discernment to know his strategies and to know what we should say or shouldn't say. Now the enemy knows, since this is a message on spiritual warfare, the enemy knows that the words of your mouth, what you speak and what you say, shape and form our lives and the people around us that God has put in our lives. And there are consequences, both positive and negative, for what we allow to come out of our mouths. Ecclesiastes 10:12 says this. It says that the words of a wise man's mouth win him favor. Now, some can misunderstand this and say, well, oh, that means if you have favor with man, then it must it must mean that you use wise words. Actually, no. Wise words only come from the fear of the Lord because the scripture says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So this is talking about speaking words that are in alignment with the word of God and God's character and his purpose for our lives. And when we speak that, look what happens. We win favor. So when a man speaks words that are in alignment with God's word, about a situation, a circumstance, his life, about God, about his church, about her church or her family, no matter, when a person does that, it wins favor. But look at this, but the lips of a fool consume him. So the consequences of words that are in alignment with God's word is favor, which means it's, it's just something that God does but the words of someone who is a fool consumes them. How many here have ever just been around someone and they kept talking and you just thought, if you would just shut up, <laughs> it would save you a lot of trouble. How many parents would agree with that one? You've, you've had, right? Why? Because there are consequences of what we say. The New Living Translation says this, wise words bring approval, but fools are destroyed by their own words. So how many, if you're just honest today, since we're in church, you can't lie, how many here would say that you've spoken words you wish as they were come out of your mouth, you wish you could get them back? Yeah. Even today, words you spoke maybe years ago, you just wish you could get them back. We know this, that there are words that we use, and the enemy knows this, words that come out of your mouth, that form in our mouth. And it's the weirdest thing, that air over vocal cords and a little piece of meat flapping between your teeth, formed, somehow creates sounds that we all go, yeah, I know what you say. That's, that's bizarre to me. 
But there's something about our words and the spoken word that we as children of God possess this ability to use our words to come into alignment with who God is or to be contrary to who God is. And the fruit of those words are totally different, but they're real. The words of our mouths that we speak can open doors or close doors. They can lean a person towards a promotion or the words of someone's mouth can lean a person away from a promotion. How many would agree with this that if you work at a normal job and an employee decides to tell his boss off one day, when there's room and time for a promotion or there's an opening, the boss doesn't say, hey, you know what? That day when you told me off, I just thought, I want to promote this person. We, we laugh because it's like, well, that doesn't happen. You're right. Because the words of our mouth can open doors or close doors. And so let's just say God's will for you was to be promoted. He wanted you promoted. You were given an opportunity and make a decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something in the company. And you know what? I'm a little ticked off right now. And so I'm going to use some words that are disrespectful, that point out some things about my boss and his leadership style, my coworker. And I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to deflect everything to everybody else because I'm ticked off. How many know that the words of our mouth that, that are contrary to what God would want in your life can keep us from accomplishing and stepping into all that God has for our life? The words of our mouth can build intimacy within a marriage, which is God's will and his purpose, or it can prevent intimacy. How is it possible just these words? All of us who, who are married, who've ever been in a romantic relationship, we recognize th this, this right here can make for a, a good day out and dinner or a really bad one. Also the same words that we use, that's why we need discernment. Words that we express at the right time, in the right place to an individual can build trust with that person. But the same words spoken at the wrong time in the wrong place around the wrong people can break trust. A conversation that my wife and I would have in marriage that if I decided to bring up around my parents probably isn't going to help us reconcile. So if we're at dinner, I'm like, hey, while we're here at dinner, Cheryl, can we talk about um, the struggle that we're having in our marriage and how I wish you were different? <laughs> Her heart's just going to open and just be like, oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. No, why? <laughs> Wrong place. Wrong time and probably the wrong words, to be honest with you, okay? So you have to use discernment. So certain words at the right time, 
right place can help a marriage actually build intimacy, work through some difficulties, process together, and reconcile and move on. Take those same words and you put them with the wrong people the wrong time, you're going to have the opposite effect. Proverbs 18.20 says this, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words, and um, another translation of, of this, of the Hebrew translation of right words is this, chosen intentional words bring satisfaction. In other words, you can speak without being intentional and just talk and speak and blah, or you can choose your words. And if you choose your words intentionally, it can be satisfying. Look at this next, this next passage, though, says the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. There are consequences that are going to bring life. There are consequences that are of, of your words and consequences of certain words and, and, and how you speak and what you say is going to bring death and destruction. Most believers do not understand the reality of this truth about the power of our words. Now, I, I'm not a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, get it, can it. I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. But I do understand there are biblical principles. And as you look at them, there, there are biblical principles that when you apply them to your life, or when you see them as truth, you recognize that the enemy absolutely will want to influence the words that comes out of your mouth because he wants to sabotage you from being and living out the life that God has for you. Remember the purpose of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take everything from you that God wants to be a blessing to you. And so he will because he understands that your words have power. He will fuel something in you to get you to speak negatively or speak down to or tear down that which God wants to be a blessing in your life. So our words can bring satisfaction in life or our, or our words can, be, can bring dissatisfaction and death. Our choice. And many times the enemy blinds us from the reality of this. So we just go around irresponsible and we can't understand why things just don't seem to work out. We don't understand why our relationships just seem to be struggling. We don't understand why, why, why we just don't like the church. Well, if we're, we're speaking bad about everything in our life, all of a sudden we begin to see the bad manifest in the areas that we speak because that's how our words work. This is the classic verse about the tongue. Passage of Scripture, James chapter 3. This is speaking about the tongue. James in verses 1 and 2 had just finished telling people, hey, listen, many of you who maybe have a desire to teach, you should not teach the Bible. Because with teaching comes a higher consequence for your words. So what James is saying is, as a teacher of the Bible, you are held at a higher standard of what words come out of your mouth. 
So it's not just words. He's also talking about character. That there's a higher standard for character of people who stand and preach and represent God's word. It is, it is to be taken with great fear and trembling and awe. And it's not to be given to please man, but it's to be preached and taught to please God. But then he leans into this idea of your words and he says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small, small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but also it can make a tiny spark that can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. Now, look, 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 I just want you to look at that. He's saying that the words that come out of our mouth can corrupt even our bodies. And then... Look at this next one. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Obviously, he's speaking to a context here, but he's giving an understanding. Our words matter more than you realize. And he goes on. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. No one can tame the tongue. Hey, I'm, I'm here to testify that in my personal life that that's true. It's hard to tame the tongue, isn't it? Then he goes on, sometimes it, meaning the mouth and the tongue, praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from salty water or salty spring. You see, in nature, fresh water and salt water don't come out of the same spout. But for what God has given us the ability with our words and what we articulate, what we speak as believers, we can speak blessing and cursing out of the same spout, the mouth. Talk about a responsibility, huh? Most believers don't Understand this. They're trying to fight a demon somewhere. And he's influencing the words that come out of their mouth. James says that you can bless with your mouth and you can curse with your mouth. Now, he does say that should not be, but he says it's, it, it happens. And we know that to be true. We can come to church and worship God 
and say, isn't God wonderful? And we can sing songs about the word of God, the character of God. And we can get in that parking lot and some dude just won't back out and you're both waiting, but he needs to go. And you'll wait for him. You're like, can you believe this numpty? We can come and worship God and we get home and we start gnawing with our words on our kids or gnawing with our words on our friends or our in-laws or our parents or your pastor, whatever. You just say, Lord, you're wonderful, you're great. And with the same mouth, we tear down. We can complain, we can murmur, and we can worship, and we can praise. Both have consequences. I've been in full-time ministry since, Cheryl and I, since 1999, believe it or not. I was 12 when God called me in 99. That's what, the, that's what I mean. <clears throat> and what, what I've found in, in, my, in my life and working with people and being honest in my own life is that regarding the power of words of our mouth and our written words that we would put in an email or on social media, it has one of the most significant impacts on the destiny of our lives. And most believers are totally unaware. And the truth is the words of our mouth can literally tear down what God has available and, what's, and wants to build among us personally, family, vocationally, in your church. Now, in order for us to come into alignment with what God wants to do in our life, one, we have to, we have to discern what that is. Thank God we have his word that is loving and speaks to us. and We have his promises in our life about our life, our calling, our finances, our role of a husband, role of a, of a wife or children or church or the, the, the government we live in, the, what God's purpose is for the people around us. All of those are in his word. Now, in order to believe and begin to speak as that's true, you have to have faith. So in order to come into alignment with what God has said in his word about your life, about who we are, about the community, about whatever it may be, it requires faith. In order for you to experience and witness what God wants to do in your midst, in your family, in your life, in your city, in your church, it requires faith. So when God begins to move and God begins to, to, to release his promises to your life, when God begins to do something in a community or in a church, there's always someone 
That instead of having a gift of faith to believe God can do anything, has the gift of negative unbelief or fear. There's always a choice at a moment of, of, hey, listen, I'm believing God to do this. And at a moment of financial need, I can come into agreement with there's not enough, or I can come into agreement that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And God, I trust you, and I don't understand. And Lord, if there's anything that I've done financially that has, that has not been in alignment with your word, God, just I repent of that. And Lord, I just bring this into alignment. And Lord, you're faithful, and you can meet my needs. And we begin to come into alignment and pray God's word about our situation. All of a sudden, things start to shift. But when there's a group of people, there's also people who have a negative they have faith in the negative. But it's the same heart and same narrative that the, the enemy is influencing the gate, the, the access point of what comes out of our mouth. And so an individual, when let's just say, let's just say a church is believing, and this has not happened, but I'm using this as, a, as, a, um, as an example, and I promise you it hasn't happened, is believing that I have heard anyway. There's believing to get out of debt, That'd be us, right? Us as a church, right? There is always someone who sows seeds of doubt and negativity for the purpose of deceiving others. And you see this throughout Scripture. And I, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I want you to see the power of our words, how, yes, it can influence us, but it can influence other people around us. So when someone starts to speak negatively or in doubt about what maybe we're believing for, they begin speaking the opposite of what God is saying. This can't happen. That won't happen. This will never work. And what happens is there's always people who they are unaware of the words of their mouth. Or they are manipulative and purposely trying to destroy what God is doing. But they begin to sow seeds of doubt. And so they spread a negative report until the majority have more faith in what God cannot do than what God can do and will do and has promised to do. But I will tell you this, regardless whether it's the situation I just spoke of or something in your home or something in your life, there will always be a moment that you will have to make a decision. I'm going to align my words with my faith or I'm gonna align my words with my doubt and my fear or what I want to manipulate. Because it could be manipulation that someone actively wants to destroy what God wants to build and do. Someone actively doesn't want something to succeed, so they speak the opposite of what God wants to do. And you go, no, but that, that doesn't really, I mean, God's bigger than that. Yeah, he is, but it can happen. Where all of a sudden, that which there was faith and a promise 
things start to actually be doubted about. The Lord convicted me of this several months ago as I was praying about our state and praying about our city and praying about what God wants to do. And, and when you look at the reality of, of what, where we are, you think, you know what? God doesn't want to move in our state. We're too depraved. There's going to be a judgment that comes from what we've allowed in our hospitals and our abortion clinics and what we allowed on the streets and for people and for drugs and for our people in government positions that are actively and openly in sin. And, you know, that, forget it. And the Lord began convicting me. And he said, whose report are you believing, son? Have you asked me what I see? Have you asked me what my plan is? I don't think you have. You're too busy just repeating what you see with your physical eyes instead of coming into alignment and agreement with what I see. And you are failing to use your spiritual eyes. And so I was convicted. I was believing the negative report. We can all fall into that trap where we believe that and accept that which isn't God's will and his purpose. We see this in Numbers 14. And again, this is about the power of words. God promised the land, the promised land to the children of Israel. So they get up to the land. Moses, God says, send some spies in. Moses sends 12 spies. They went in to check it out. Joshua and Caleb returned. They said, let's get it. Let's go. Come on. We got it. It's ours. God has promised it to us. We're going to get it done. God's going to move. It's going to be awesome. But the other 10 said, we can't. The challenge is too great. The people are too big. The evil is too much. And so these 10 started spreading a negative report throughout the people of God. Now let me ask you, was it God's will for them to be in the promised land? Yes or no? But as the negative report began to spread amongst God's people, they started saying, if we go there, we're going to die. One of the spies says, we were, we, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. I'm like, well, how do you know? Did you ask them? And so the negative report, which is the opposite of what God wanted to do, began to take its root in their lives. And Joshua and Caleb said, uh-uh, I don't think so. God said it's ours. The promise is ours. Let's go get it done. And there are two 
who refuse to follow a faithless, emotionally driven, rebellious bunch. They refused to be lost in the crowd and they stood on the promises of God. Why? Because it was true. Why? Because God brought us here. Because God will give us the land. And they're, they're telling the people, don't do this. Stop doing this. Don't rebel against God. Come into alignment with what God has said. It's right there. Let's go. And so they were speaking in alignment with God's word about their circumstance. In the Numbers, verse 10, we don't have the, the verse. It says, all of them came to this conclusion. Let's stone Joshua and Caleb. Let's kill them. But then God intervened. You see, the words of our mouth just don't impact you. They impact the person to the left and to the right of you. The words of our mouth, we have to discern, is this what God is saying or is this what doubt is saying? Is this what God is saying about my marriage? Or is this what my own flesh and my own heart and my own, my own emotions is saying about my marriage? Is this what God is saying about my financial situation? Is this what his word says about his provision? Or is this just me naturally in my flesh using the words that are, that are stirred up in my, in my emotions, in my heart, in my mind? You see, we have a choice when we come to these moments, these pressure moments, when you're on the edge of what God has for you and when you're still on the other side, we have a choice. I can align my words with what God has said or I can align my words with what I feel. I can align my words with what I believe God has for my future or I can align my words with my experience in the past. It's our choice. And as we see, the crowd wanted to silence the voices that are true. And that's just a, it's, a, it's an example of us that when it comes to the words of our mouth, most of us emotionalize and justify and the words of our mouth sound no different than people who don't even know the God of the universe. We just reiterate what we see with our physical eyes. I've done it. And it comes out of my mouth what God can't do. And so we have a choice. And the words of our mouth, according to the Bible, can be limiting, can be a hindrance, and cannot and, and can um, sabotage the life God has for us. So your tongue and your mouth and your words are an area of choice. It's a gate that holds back or releases something into your life. 
It either holds back or releases something into people's lives around you. And many times we use our words to justify. We use our words to deflect pain. Our tongue comes out and stabs somebody in the heart and then you justify, well, that's not what I meant to say. Or, or this one, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just joking. The other person got stabbed in the heart. Like, they're like, well, I'm not laughing. Which brings us to the real solution. Because what comes out of your mouth is made up of the content of your heart. Matthew 12, 34 says, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So you say, ah, well, I didn't mean that. Well, you said that. So that was somewhere in there. Yeah, I, mean, just, I was just, you know, just talking, and pro- well, but, but it's in there. The ESV says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's an overflow of what is already in your heart. So it's kind of like and when, when you have your car, when, when you check the oil on your car, you grab the dipstick, you pull it out, and you see, oh, this is what's in the engine. The same way, if you want to know what's in your heart, then your tongue is the dipstick. (laughs) And so whatever comes from your tongue is directly connected to what's in your heart. So according to God, our words can produce life or death, contentment or covetousness, bondage or freedom, healing or destruction, fear or faith. And please hear me today. Your future is deeply impacted by what words come out of your mouth. It is impossible to act and move in faith when you have a bad mouth. Now, we've read in James, though. James says no one can control the heart. Sorry, can control the tongue. He says nobody can. Well, then then what? Well, we've just read the what. We can't control our tongues, but we serve a God who can change our hearts. We serve a God who can take a heart that's been busted and abused and Words spoken about you have gone deep. And it has set in your heart. And you've cocooned that wound with 
all kinds of maybe coping mechanisms and you've, you've hardened that area of your heart <clears throat> and you've, you, you, you've set that aside and you've stuffed it and ignored it and you've taken that disappointment that happened to you in that last relationship and you said, no, I, you're not holding that against them, but by golly, you're not getting close to anyone ever again. You've taken, or something that was said about you, a past failure or something about your intellect or something about your ability to, to read or your ability to, to, to work or your ability to, to, to live successful or something your father said to you when you were a child that made you feel small. And all of that is in that heart. And we serve a God that actually wants to give us a new heart. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. He wants to take that heart of stone that, that has been hurt, legitimately hurt hurt by others, hurt by your own decisions. And here we are, we're setting our world on fire because of what we say. And we're like, I can't stop. And God says, that's why I'm gonna give you grace and I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm gonna take a heart of stone, I'm gonna give you a heart of flesh. I'm gonna take your brokenness and I'm gonna give you wholeness. I'm gonna take your view of what you see about yourself and I'm, gonna, I'm going to shout over you. You are my daughter, you are my son, I love you, you and I am well pleased in you. you. I look to you and I smile. You, are you delight, I delight in looking at you. You are, you, I cherish you, you're the apple of my eye. I saved you, I redeemed you. I'm the one that took your sin from you. You didn't take it. I did it. And so the answer isn't the law. Control your tongue. Don't say that. The answer is heal my heart so my words can come into alignment with what you say, with what you believe. So many of us have made commitments. We've said them. We've said, well, I'm just angry because my, my daddy was angry. Well, I've just struggled with finance because my family has always struggled with finance. Well, I have a lust problem because because what happened to me when I was this age. And we have we have aligned our words with the bad report. And God says, "Align your words that I am the God who can give you a new heart, a new future, and begin to speak what God says about you versus what has happened to you. God is not subject to what someone else did, what you did. He is not bound by the hurt and pain in your life. He's the God who can transform you, 
and set you on a path you never thought would be possible. But he is a God who is gracious. He is a God who is kind. He's a God who is long-suffering. He's a God who delights in you as his child. And he's a God who invites you today to align your heart with who he is and allow your words to flow from that reality. There's, a, there's an account in Genesis 35, and Rachel is giving birth, and it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It, is, it, it actually it brings her to her death. And a midwife says to Rachel, don't be afraid. You have another son, Rachel. Now, Rachel had gone through great turmoil, great pain. It was a tragedy of the situation. She was about to die. And with her last breath, she named the baby Ben-Onai, which means son of my sorrow. So she marked this child with her tragedy. She marked this child with her pain. She marked this child with her, with, 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 her, with her death. Now look. Look at the words that changed the destiny of this child. The baby's father, however, said, uh-uh. I call him Benjamin. Benjamin, which means son of my right hand or strength. See, the words of Rachel marked this child that was going to be in turmoil, living from, I I guess, you know, just think, hey, hello, um, sorrow, can you come here? Hey, the one who killed your mother, can you come here? But Isaac says, "Uh uh-uh. He used his words to set the pathway of the destiny of Benjamin. Your words have power. And God today wants to meet us. God today wants to remind us, Psalm 1914, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable to, in your sight. He wants us to pray that, Lord, the meditations of my heart be acceptable. In other words, they align with what you say. Proverbs 18, 21, again, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, we use our words. We don't confess, well, I'm just a worm and a sinner and saved by grace, and I'm weak and feeble. That is not who God says you are. That's not what we declare about ourselves. But what we do say to things in our life, to the areas, many of you, you can see with your your physical eye what what Satan is doing in your life and in your family. And so we use our words. And we understand our authority according to Scripture. And we say, Satan, I've been authorized by the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, who publicly stripped you of all authority and power. And as I speak according to the scriptures, I speak with the power of death and life. It's in my tongue. 
And I am in agreement with God that no weapon formed against me will prosper. <clears throat> and as John 4, 4 says, Christ has made me an overcomer. And he who is in me is greater than you who is in the world. And as Romans 8.37 says, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. And like Jesus says in Luke 10.19, he's given me the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt me. This is how you do spiritual warfare. You declare what God says and sees, not what you see and feel. And so we pray as God would heal our hearts and restore our hearts. We pray, Psalm 141, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And we align our lives. And so we pull back the curtains today that there is an enemy who wants to influence the words that come out of your mouth. And he does it by influencing your heart. But we also come to this, to this meeting right here today, recognizing, you know what? I want to begin to speak what God has for my life. I want to set a blaze for the glory of God for my life and my future. And therefore, I'm going to come into alignment. I'm going to ask God to transform my heart. I'd have to say this for church people that I know all over the world, the one thing that they don't really evaluate often is their heart. Pick up offenses, we pick up it's bitterness and unforgiveness, anger, judgment, legalism, pride. And if you listen to them, you'll hear it. And God wants us as our church then make a decision today. We're no longer going to agree with the devil. We're going to allow God to heal our hearts and we're going to speak in agreement with God and his word about our lives. Amen. So if we can, let's just bow our heads just for a moment. The Holy Spirit has already identified some areas of your life You've been living from the narrative that was spoken over you. And the Holy Spirit says, no more. He's exposing that right now. Just right where you are, just, just begin to, to come into alignment with what God says about you. In Christ, you are holy. You have the righteousness of Jesus. You were clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You were no longer part of your old nature and part of the kingdom of, of darkness. You've been transferred to the kingdom of light. That you today would hear that voice over you. Some of you have lived under the cloud of never being accepted. I want you to hear today, that is a lie. In Christ, you are accepted fully forever. 
that because of Jesus, just as the voice that spoke when Jesus came out, out of the water, in, in my son I am well pleased. Because you are in his son's righteousness, he speaks that over to you. In you I am well pleased. Some of you, the Holy Spirit is realigning some of the activities of your life has been, been birthed from what was done to you. And so you've, you've made statements about yourself. You've made statements about your inability to control certain impulses. And the Lord today says that is not who you are. You have the Spirit of the Holy, Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. And that fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That is who you are. You're a man of self-control. You're a woman of self-control. Your identity is you are a child of God. And so you don't live from what you were, you live from who you are. Some of you had parents who just were so demanding and it marked you and you couldn't please them. And you've been using those same words towards your children. And the Lord today wants to set you free from that, from that trigger that causes you to speak the words that you don't even know why you speak. And so today, he's gonna to be, begin to heal your relationship with your children because he's healing your heart. He's transforming your heart. So whatever that may be, Holy Spirit, come and change my heart. Come and heal my heart. Give me a new heart. I give you that disappointment. I give you that area of anger. I give you that area of insecurity. I give you that anger, that area of of pleasing man, of being obsessed with what everybody else thinks, I give that to you. I give you the area of my past mistakes and my past failures. And I will no longer live from what my past says or what anyone else has said about me that's contrary to your word today. Lord, heal my heart, and may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. Lord, I sense just a, a holy grace that is here. A holy grace. That just settles deep in our hearts of peace. That the words that we have read today are true. And Lord, today, we want to speak what you say. And we want to see you do great things in our lives, in our families.
in our community and in our church. We love you and we worship you today. Just remain with your heads bowed. If you're here today and you recognize that you don't know Jesus, you have not received salvation. You haven't received the free gift of being forgiven. And you want to receive that right now. Nobody's looking around. Just right where you are, just lift your hand up just for a moment. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But this is about the belief and faith of your heart. If you believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin so that you can live from your new identity, if you confess and recognize that you, you have sinned, Scripture says that you're saved. But we're going to all pray together. If that's you today, for the first time, you just pray this from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. I believe you died for me. I receive your salvation. I give you my life. And I align my life with your word. I don't resist your word. I accept it. I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today? Amen and amen. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would be honored to walk with you on this journey. And so you can scan the QR code right in front of you and it'll help you with your next steps or you can go to our website. Congratulations for those who gave their lives to Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. I just wanna pray and bless you today. How many is thankful for the word and the power of the spirit that's working in us? Are you thankful I am? I'm going to pray and we're going to continue to worship and our team is here to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, we'd be honored to pray with you. But if you can, lift your hands to the Lord, just a manner of receiving. Lord, in the name of Jesus, bless your people. God, restore to them everything the enemy has stolen. Bring restoration to them. Every lie that they have acted on that they've realized now was a lie. God. Just give them the great joy to know that you have rescued them and that we all can leave here today to be lights in the midst of darkness. That we can leave here today whole. We can leave here today righteous. We can leave here today knowing that you love us. So God bless your people. May we leave here today speaking what you speak. And may we see ourselves, may we see what we come into alignment with manifest in our marriage and our vocation and in our life. In Jesus' name, we all say.
Amen and amen. God bless. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.